0: Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to TaraPentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. I don't think there is a better couple of hours of investment in life than on a Sunday morning. I just don't think you can. The value that you get from the little bit of time that you invest—wow, can't uh, nothing com- compare to it. Amen, amen. All right, going to call your attention this morning to the book of Nehemiah. Going to ask them to turn those track lights way down, if they'd be so kind to do. Thank you. Nehemiah chapter number 6, we're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then also verse number 9. It says, Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies, a lot of them out there apparently, heard that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates that Sembalat and Gisham sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ona, but they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease when, while I leave it and come down to you? Ever want to come down to your enemies, do you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sword, and I answered them after the same manner. And then verse number 6, for they all made us afraid, saying, Their hand shall be weakened from the work that it may not get done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought. We are doing a Great work. Amen. How many of you believe that? If you are involved, if you are involved in reaching people for their eternal soul salvation, you are doing the great work. Amen. Praise God. All right, if you would, we're going to ask you to lift your hearts to the Lord one more time. Amen. And we're going to pray. I'm going to ask Brother McCune if he'd be so kind as to lead us in prayer one more time. man. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Your salvation is your great work, number one. And then to lead others to a place of salvation is a great work. There is nothing greater. There is nothing greater in life than for you to be saved and for someone that you have influenced to come to God and experience the new birth. you believe that? Nothing greater. And in our our, uh, story here this morning, Nehemiah, who was Nehemiah? He was an Israelite who served the king of Persia as his cupbearer. You know what that means? That means that he uh, sipped the wine, and if he dropped over dead, the king decided he wouldn't want any. He was living in Shushan, which was the location of the Persian king's winter palace. We read that one of his brethren, one of Nehemiah's brethren, was visiting from Jerusalem. And Nehemiah asked how things were going in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, along with that magnificent Solomon's temple, had been completely destroyed in 586 B.C. The next 70 years, most of the people of Israel had been held in Persia as captives. After those 70 years were completed, God moved on King Cyrus to release his people so they might return to Jerusalem and rebuild. Pretty tough task in rebuilding what Solomon and David had built. And about 42,000 which was a very small percentage of the people, took the challenge. And they did, after 22 years of labor and forced governmental delays, they rebuilt that temple after 22 years. About 60 years later, we arrive at our story of Nehemiah. And he simply, he asks a question. He's serving the king, but his heart is in Jerusalem. His heart is with God's people. We are told one of his brethren, Hanani, pays a visit to Shushan, and there Nehemiah asks him, says, How are things in Jerusalem? The answer he receives, The people are in great affliction and reproach, the walls are broken down, and the gates of the city have been set on fire and destroyed. So even though their place of worship had been rebuilt, even though there was a place to go to, on Sunday morning to worship God, there were no walls to protect the people or the house of worship. And without walls during that time period, without walls in your city, it was seen as a reproach to God's people. Their enemies were using that as evidence that their God was too weak to protect them. This report moved Nehemiah. It moved him to action. Listen, if we are not moved in today's world, wow, I know some people they are they do not like to read the news. They don't know, they don't want to know when that first atomic bomb goes off, right? They don't know about it, it didn't happen. I'm just kind of joking. But, but Nehemiah, when he heard that, it moved him to action. Listen to what it says. And came to pass when he heard these words that he sat down and wept and mourned many days. He fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And we're, we don't have time this morning to go into his prayer. But I think it would be safe to say that the report he received knocked him off his feet. His burden was so heavy that for four months, for four months, he prayed and he sought God. Finally, he came up with the idea. He came up with a uh, a plan. And after four months, he asked the king that he served for a leave of absence, which was granted, along with letters from that king saying that Nehemiah would have the resource of timber that he would need to rebuild the walls. I love it when God moves upon heathen kings, if you will. Pardon that expression if that offends you, but God can move upon anyone at any time. He can can touch uh, Bill Gates if he so desired to do so. He could get his attention. He could. And so, Nehemiah, he, he was granted a time of leave so that he could go back to Jerusalem. God had put on his heart that he was going to rebuild those walls, that he was going to help those people rebuild. And verse number 8 reads that the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. And thank you, Brother Clemenson, for that lesson. Anything that we do good, let me assure you, it's not because of what you want to do within yourself. It's because that God dropped a good seed in your heart. <laughs> You're nothing with it. All good comes from God. Everything good comes from Him. And so, here is Nehemiah. He goes to Jerusalem and, and uh he he knew, he felt very strongly that God was in this thing that he had planned to do. It's good to know that God's in your plans, folks. And when he got there, in chapter number 2 and verse 10, it says that Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite, they heard of Nehemiah arriving in Jerusalem. Listen to these words. We read, and it grieved them exceedingly, that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Can I just remind us all here this morning that the presence of God is here today, that the Lord is here today seeking the welfare or the well-being of His kids, which is you. He wants to know that you're doing okay. I Let me say that again. The Lord wants to know that you are doing okay. And if you're not doing okay, he is here to help you in that plan of action that you can make your way okay with him. See, sometimes we have to care enough to ask that tough question. How are things? How are things with you? How are things at home? I'm reminded of this question when asked by Elisha in 2 Kings 4:26, the Shunammite woman that had helped him initially and then he uh, had uh, prayed and had uh, she had conceived and and uh, she had a son and now that son was uh, Uh, Well, he was dead. But anyway, uh, we know the story how that uh, she made her way to Elisha. She made her way to him. And even though that that her son was laying on a bed at home, still when asked the question, the question to her was as she ran. Listen, she ran to the man of God. The Bible says her soul was vexed. And Elisha sent his servant to meet her. And it's told by Elisha to ask her this question. The very tough question sometimes is that, Is it well with you? Because let me assure you that if it's not well with me, it's not going to be well with really anybody else. Hello, moms. Hello, dads. And so they ask her that question. It says, is it well with you? Doesn't stop there. Is it well with your husband? He's trying to get down to the nitty gritty here. And then finally he says, and is it well with your children? Wow. We could pretty much stop there, couldn't we? Those are tough questions sometimes. That's right, those are tough questions. Because sometimes we take the escape route. As long as everything's going good at school and they're getting good grades or, you know, dad's working a good job and so on and so forth and everything. But the tough question is, is it well with you? When it comes to our salvation, we have to be willing to ask this very important question. An author, a Christian author named Dallas Willard writes this. He says, getting into heaven after death... Is the sole target of divine and human efforts for salvation. Come on. In other words, this is not something that we just pick up on Sunday and then leave it on Monday's doorstep. No, sir. This is the real nitty-gritty test here because I am making an effort. My faith, Brother Clemson, is trying to compel me to good works because that I am building, I am believing that I am in the process of doing a great work. And that great work is, number one, me making it through them pearly gates and number two, trying to make sure that there is somebody that is following me. Getting into heaven. That's the, that, is, that is it. Amen. It is what our efforts are aimed at. The entire biblical principle from beginning to end is one of intimate involvement of God in human life. Thank you for bringing little Bradley in and having him dedicated this morning. You understand, is it the very from the very beginning? It has always been the desire of God to be actively involved in your life. And those tough questions have got to be answered. Sometimes when we wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror, we need to ask that question: Is it well? The story of Nehemiah's effort to lead the people of Jerusalem in rebuilding their walls of their city represents them going from a defeated people to a victorious people. God, listen to me, God wants us. It It is paramount that when we are baptized with the Holy Ghost, we must not forget. That the joy of the Lord is a good part of that essential part of being born again. He, when He filled me with the Holy Ghost, He filled me with joy. They had united in their building walls of protections for their families and their houses of worship. We are building victorious Christian lives. We are not. A people that succumbs to the enemy from their mockery and from their lies and from their deceits that they try to publish and get you and I to buy into. No, sir, we are victorious because we have been born again of the water and of the Spirit. I am victorious because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That, was, that covered my life when I was baptized in his name. It brought me victory. And the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it brings me great victory and great joy and great peace. Nehemiah's first stop. Oh, my goodness. His first stop when he got there was to take a first-hand look at the situation. Verse 17 and 18, he said unto them, You see the distress we're in, Jerusalem lies waste, the gates are burned with fire. In other words, the enemy was walking in and out. They were coming in and out of that place. You, you, listen, we need to have w- walls that are built on and protecting not just our life, but we need you did, moms and dads and, and preachers, we need to make sure that we are building walls of security and protection upon the lives of our people. And we need to build walls of a, of a hedge of protection and the sanctity and holiness around this place that we call our worship center. We cannot afford to let the enemy burn these gates and have these walls torn down. We've got to keep these walls built up. We've got to be secure. When you walk in the house of God, you've got to feel that this is a refuge for your soul. Nehemiah took a law look at him and he said to them, You see the situation that we're in. He said, Now come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem so we will no longer be insulted. Thank you again. That was the lesson this morning. Listen I am not ashamed of this gospel. I am not ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to tell people what I believe and my lifestyle. I'm not ashamed. You know why? Because I live an abundant life. I live in victory. I don't take anti depression Pills? I might smoke a little. No, I'm just kidding. I try to take whatever it is, melatonin or whatever. I took some to the other night because I'm not a sleeper, right? And I woke up and I felt like that I was on drugs. People tell me, well, that's, that doesn't make you feel that way. Trust me, it made me feel that. I was groggy for half the day. I'd soon be tired and drink coffee, have a nervous twitch once in a while. Do you understand? They They were tired of living in mockery and insults. Then I told them, Nehemiah, he told them, listen carefully, He told them that my God had been guiding me and what the king had told me. Then they then replied, let's begin to build this thing. So they encouraged one another to begin this God-pleasing work. Oh, come on every time that you pray for one of these young people, every time that you teach a lesson, every time Dad said they, your family sees you praying, every time you walk into the house of God, each time that you take the opportunity to encourage your children in the faith that they should walk in, you are doing a great God-pleasing work in their lives. You're doing a great work in their lives. And when Sanballat, we we'll call him San Tob, San and Tob heard the news, they knew they heard. Oh boy, so Nehemiah is gonna come and he's gonna—they're gonna rebuild these Well, Okay. And the Bible says they begin to laugh at him. They laughed us to scorn. They made fun of us and ridiculed us. They listen. When I first started serving God, my buddies laughed at me. Because half the time my car wouldn't start. And so I, get this, I walked to church. Oh my goodness, you can't do that. I walked to church. And they would laugh at me. Come on, man. you Really? You're going to, you're, why? You're serving Oh, my God, you're serving God? Oh, come on. Yeah, you've been there. You've been there when family found out that you were baptized in the only name that is given upon this planet Earth, whereby you can and must and will be saved. And they laughed at you. When you said that, oh, yeah, I've received the Holy Ghost. And I spoke in tongues. They said they laughed at you. Oh, boy. Okay. Wow. Let's do it for me right now, will you? They laughed. Oh, yeah, I'm going to church. Oh, yeah, I'm reading about how God created the universe. And how did he do that? You know, they found a little piece of mud in the pond, and the mud turned into a frog, and the frog turned into a gorilla. And, and that's the way, no, 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 it says it in the beginning that God created the heaven and earth you see i believe in a god the god that i serve the god that i believe the god that i am doing such a great work in trying to build lives I believe that that God that is with me and in me and abiding about me, that he's the God that created the entire universe, and he is interested in your welfare. I'm reading about the promise of Jesus coming back. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? How do you you mean he's going to come back? Well, those angels said that same Jesus that you see going away in the clouds. says that one of these days there's going to be a sound, the sound of the trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we, we, we that are alive and remain shall be changed, and we shall be caught up with them. Like they mocked us. Then it says they became angry. How dare you try to teach my relative of what you say is the good news of the? How dare you teach him such fanatical stuff? Oh yeah, I, oh buddy, I have taught. Bible studies, and had people ready to be baptized until they make the phone call and they're all happy and saying, "Hey, Uncle, Uncle, Papa, Poo Poo, we're going to get baptized." Oh, really? Who are you going to get baptized? Well, we're going to get baptized by this Pentecostal Bible teacher. He's going to baptize us in Jesus' name. I've had phone calls from. Heretic, you. You bum trying to get my daughter or son to believe that the only way to be saved is in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. You know it. Oh yeah, they, they flat get angry at you. But listen to this. Nevertheless, we kept praying day and night. Day and night, they continued to pray. Day and night, they continued to be afraid. Nehemiah said, "Don't be afraid of our enemies. Don't be afraid of our enemies. Remember how great and awesome our God is. <laughs> don't be afraid. Of, don't be afraid of whoever. Who don't matter who's against us. It matters who's for us. It don't matter how big that." Ugly giant Goliath is, if you've got the God of David on your side, that boy's going to fall. And listen, he said, Remember how great and awesome your God is. And then in chapter 4 and 14, he says this He says, Here's what you're fighting for. He says, Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Oh come on. We folks, come on, this is this is real stuff here today. Okay? This is real this is the real deal today. And they said, Nehemiah, we know. There's a reason why preachers are preachers and so on and so forth. They said, Nehemiah, come down from that wall and we'll, whatever, we don't know, but they we know, come on, come down from that wall, come on, preacher, come on, Bible teacher, come on, worshiper, get off that wall. Here, I'll give you a golden coin. Oh, yeah, come on. He said, Nima, because if you come down from that wall, those people will probably stop. Do you know how important it is, dads? Do you know what happens when you stop? coming to the house of God more than likely, do you know what the percentage is? Come on, Dad, say amen. Do you know the percentage? Do you know what happens when mothers and fathers quit coming to the house of God? Listen, I... I listen... This church isn't, this isn't the building, isn't the church. You are, though. And, and you are doing. Listen, and every time that you invest into your children, to your wives, your husbands, and even your brethren. When you when you come to the house of God, I want you to know. There is nothing more encouraging to a preacher and a pastor than to see you back there once in a while and saying, Amen, preacher, we are with you, buddy. We got your back on this thing. We're all in on this thing. Because we're not just dealing with, with a temporal life. No, sir, I'm investing in your eternity. Come down from that wall. No can do, no can do, no can do, no can do. Can't stop. There is no stop. And in 52 days, they put that wall up. Bible says because the people had a mind to get it done. Because they knew they were not just investing in brick and mortar. That those walls represented security and protection for their families for their wives and their daughters and their children. And it was serving as a protection to their house of worship that 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 Booger man wasn't going to come. Burn the place down. See, during the time of Jerusalem's long history, get this, it has been destroyed twice, been under siege 23 times, attacked 52 times, captured and recaptured 44 times. Don't tell me that God's not interested in his people's lives. That's why that when they regained that, that little place called Jerusalem again in nineteen sixty seven, they said, Never again. Jerusalem is our, get this Eternal know what? God put his blessing on that because you know what? Eternity is going to be lived in A place called the New Jerusalem. He put his mark on it. He put his stamp of approval on it. You know why? Because it represents what God's people are willing to do in order to come together with him, with his blessing. Greater works, they say, greater works shall you do. How are you going to do? Well, because greater works equals about how many billions of people in the world today? A whole lot of them. Every child, every human being is a work in progress. You're a work in progress today. said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Every time we pray, you are doing a great work. And I'm here to encourage us here this morning and to challenge us this morning that every time every time that you that you pray for somebody you are doing a great work every time that you witness to somebody you are in labors together with him trying to reach a soul every time that you pray with your child You're doing a great work. Every time that you get up here and you lead us in worship, you are doing a great work. Every time that Sunday school teacher goes back there and puts up with them not head kids of yours, I guess you've never been a teacher who had not had kids. Huh? Trust me, I have. But you understand is that who knows what that young boy is going to grow up to become in the plan of God, with your help, with your help, Brother Block, with your help, because nothing gets done, Brother Clementson and I join together in this effort to reach the world God's not going to send an angel down and do a tap dance on your windowsill and and say hey I'm just going next door to your neighbor to preach to him no he he leaves the preaching to preachers and he leaves leaves the, the prayers to his people he leaves the worship the leading and praise to his people 52 days wow they completed it listen to this and when all our enemies and the heathen that word saw what we had done the lives that were changed come on how many lives have been changed here this morning none okay wait all right raise your hand if your life all right, that's much better. Woo. I was about ready to retire. You understand? It? When they saw, not that the walls were necessary; those walls are just symbols. But when they saw the lives that had been changed by your effort, come on, some of you. You, you you maybe think that you don't have a you know you don't have a, a a work in the plan of God anymore do you pray then you're in it come on Sister Reyes, you don't you probably do know because we always tell you how important you are to this assembly and when you are not here I miss you greatly But here's what I do know, that that lady will be praying for me wherever she is. Sister Leona, I know you're not able to do what you used to do. But every time that she walks in here, that is a heritage of how this place came into being. She is a part. She's a part of it. Because you are, listen to me, you may not think that you are anything significant here this morning, but I'm telling you what, if you're praying, Brother Sam, if you are praying for one of those young people, if you are showing them the way, you are doing a great work when it comes to God. Because he is seeing a God-pleasing work. Let me throw this in there for youth, telling you what, you guys are stepping up to the plate. They were here yesterday cleaning, cleaning the church. Tell them I says, well, I ain't gonna be there. I'm gonna be out somewhere else doing something with someone else. And I usually don't do. Something else on Saturdays, but I couldn't help it yesterday. But you understand? They they were back there, they they're cleaning the fridges for pity's sake. Moving them and cleaning. You ever moved your fridge and seen all the good stuff behind it? Yeah. Leftovers. Some people would eat them leftovers, not me. I'm not into leftovers. Here's, here's what happens. Every time they see your life changed, 52 days. Ah, I'm not going to pray today, man. Yeah, I'm on vacation today. There are just some things in life there are no vacations to. Trust me. As a preacher and as a pastor, there are just no vacations. You can go on a vacation. It ain't a vacation. You know why? Because there's always hovering over one's head and one's heart. What's going on at home? How are things going? What's happening with you? What's happening? Everything okay? And when all our enemies and the heathen saw what we had done, the lives that were changed, listen, they were much cast down in their own eyes. One version says that they had lost their confidence. We give up. You guys are going to be who you are no matter what. You really do believe this thing apparently because you sure act like it. So we're just forget it, all right? Bible says they lost confidence. They they no longer mocked you. Matter of fact, they called you when push comes to shove, and they said, "Hey, huh, okay, tell me about your God. Can He help me?" Hello. They were out of insult. Because living for God brings a lifestyle that is unequal. There is no no other lifestyle equal to it. For they perceived that God was with us in this work. And at the dedication of the wall, the preachers came, the musicians came, the singers came to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, thanksgiving, cymbals, songs of praise as you stand. In other words, they were there every time, and I'm, I'm going to give you a, a GK commentary translation, version. okay? Every time, every time they came together. And they seen the great work of God. They couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, man. I guess. Hey, look, look. Brother Sam, I got to admit, right? You got a smile that's kind of way out there, buddy. Keep it up. But you understand? They were celebrating not the walls that had been completed, they were celebrating what God had done. They were celebrating what God had done in that young man's life. They were celebrating what God was doing in your life. They were celebrating the idea that, oh man, if you only knew what God was doing and what God had done in my life, I'm telling you, if you were in these shoes, you'd be doing a little jump, jump yourself because you have no clue what God has done for me So every time, amen. They, they were they were hey, let's let's praise God for what he has doing and been doing in the life of brother. Hey, let's celebrate and praise God for for bringing healing into brother Wood's life. What do you, hey, let's celebrate Let's celebrate for Sister Reyes. Uh, she's here with us again. Let's celebrate. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate. Let's, uh, let's, Matt, help me celebrate because your young daughter uh, was filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and baptized in Jesus. Amen. Brother Free, help me celebrate what Grand he's God. doing in your grandkids' lives. Come on. Come on. That's what they were doing. It wasn't about the Yeah. And every time, every time y'all come, this the words can relate to this. When I when I look out there and I don't see you even on a Wednesday. Okay. That's a Wednesday translate. I look out there and I, and I see that God is continuing to work the miraculous in your life because he is transforming you day by day. Oh, buddy. Did this for the people had a mind to work. I thank you. I thank you for the unity and the fellowship of this assembly. Y'all are a great people. Revelation 21 gives us a brief look at the new heavenly city, Jerusalem. Did you know it says it has it has high, massive walls? Twelve foundation stones. And on them the names of the twelve apostles of the land. I wonder if he's just reminding us. Because you built walls for me on earth, I built walls for you in heaven. For we are laborers together. First Corinthians three nine. Ezekiel twenty two thirty I look for a man who would build up the wall and stand Isaiah writes, violence will not be heard in your land again, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise to God. Persistency and consistency of purpose will get the job done. Persistence. Come down. Come down from that wall of prayer Tuesday morning. Can't really do that. Why? Well, because I'm in it. Apparently, my work is more important than what you want me to do, or you wouldn't be asking me to come down. Come on, are you with me? Come on. Persistence, consistency a purpose. Everything we do, for the most part, other than your, you gotta work, gotta jobs and all. But everything that I do, everything that I do, prioritized, it is the salvation of my soul. And the salvation of her soul and my children and grandchildren. And because I am who I am, it is you. Ali, you got to have somebody to care for the welfare of your children. You got to have a backup. Sometimes dads are going to be out of commission. Sometimes moms are going to be out of commission. Congratulations on your retirement, by the way. But if you're here today, right? You're doing a great work. How about we endeavor to do a greater work than we ever have before? The plan is not really complicated. More prayer, more fasting, more witnessing. more of a caring and uplifting and encouraging one another. Are you with me this morning? Come on. Let's come to the front. We invite you to come. If you have a need in your life this morning, we're going to ask you to come. The Lord will minister to you. I am absolutely confident that he will. Whatever you need today. You got to believe along we will believe with you that Jesus will minister to your need here today. You know why? Because we're with you. That's why. Because you don't have to go this thing by yourself. You've got a group of people here that will stand by your side, and we will support. When you cannot lift your hand and your arms to heaven, You sit on that rock, if you will, and we'll call out the name of Jesus, and we'll lift up your arms and your hands toward heaven, and we'll pray for you that God will give you the strength to recover. Oh, come on. Come on. That's it. Come on. Let's lift him up. Let's lift him up. Let's give him thanks. If you need prayer, if you need healing, you'll come right down here to the front of this pulpit. We will pray. And we will ask God to minister to whatever need that you have here today.
1: Hallelujah.
0: That's right. With hearts, hearts that are lifted up. All right, brother. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. With my eyes.
0: It is well, oh, that's, it. that's it, that's it. That's a beautiful thing. It that's well. it. it. It is the name well cheese with my soul. It is why. Well. Let's lift him up. Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Because he's he's doing a great work in my life. He's doing a great work in your life. He's doing a great work in your life. We can't come down. We can't stop. There is no stop. Hallelujah. Jesus. Um. Thank <laughs> you.